Hey guys, this is Brad and Mike from Dallas Geek, and we are coming. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> just go, just go, just go. Ha! Hey guys, this is Brad and Mike from Dallas Geek, and we are here to talk about our overview from Fan Expo Dallas. Uh, 2018, in case anybody had any questions. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're right. gonna go ahead and put that in the title oh. of the video, so hopefully that'll be clear. Okay, I feel that's probably, that's probably maybe, fair. Maybe. Yeah. So, what exactly did we think of the convention this year? Uh, I mean, I think we kind of had some mixed feelings about it. Normally, I would Number say- Number one, yeah. I don't understand why the weather is always shitty this weekend. <laughs> Last year it poured on us. This year a cold front came in and dropped it to like 30 degrees on Saturday. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Like literally Friday during the day it was 70. It dropped down to 50 Friday night, then it was 30 all day Saturday, then it bumped up to like 50 on Sunday, then it was 70 on Monday. It's not okay. What the hell? It's not okay, guys. Because parking's <laughs> a pain in the ass down there. Oh. And ugh. I ain't gonna pay to park down there. No. Which means I gotta walk like probably a fourth of a mile from the dart station. Yeah. So that's just a beating. And 30 degree weather. That shit ain't fun. It's not okay. No. But in, in, okay, let me get off my soapbox. In all seriousness though, uh, I mean, I'd say that most years to be able to say that Fan Expo was a mixed experience is usually pretty normal. Yes. Uh, this year was definitely no exception. Um, well, we didn't have as much fun because we were working. Well. Wait, I'm sorry. Working, we, we didn't get paid. <laughs> no. <laughs> Paid? What? What's that? We're not getting paid for this shit. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would Unless say- Unless more people start following us. Subscribe. Subscribe. Oh, we're the try. Okay. Uh, anyway. No. no, so I would say that one of the best aspects of the convention this year was that it had a very social feel to it that yeah. previous fan expos haven't re really been able to capitalize on. Um, I don't know if that's I mean, just, all the people have yeah. been there and yeah. there's always conversations going on, but it did feel like there were more spontaneous uh, group conversations with brand new people than most years, uh, especially over yeah. in the cosplay area. That was a very popular spot for people to just randomly start meeting each other. Uh, and because there was actually enough space for the cosplay section uh, compared to years past, um, there was room to do that. It wasn't squeeze in there and hope that you're not gonna be trampled while you're attempting to have a conversation. By Jessica Negri's fans. Oh, good Lord. Let's specify who it was that would have been trampling your her, her fans were abundant this year, uh, yeah. rightfully so. And but, last year. <laughs> but my gosh, she was, she was popular. Uh, <laughs> Rightfully so. But yeah, no, so it, it was definitely, a, it felt like a more social convention than it's been in years past. Right. Um, but part of that could also be chalked up to the fact that there were, there was fewer things to actually do. Yes. There were fewer panels, there were fewer things to be going and experiencing. Yeah. So to make up for it, the social side kind of had to take over. Right. Uh, which, like I said, honestly, that's fine. Um, in honest, in all honesty, I think most people, when they look back on their favorite convention experiences, it's almost always going to be the social experiences, sure. and not so much 
uh, oh, I got to go to this panel. It, it's gonna be long-term, it's always gonna be, oh, I made these friends. Uh, oh, uh, I got to meet these really cool people. And that's fine. That, that's exactly what these things were built on. Yeah. So honestly, even though it wasn't Fan Expo's intention, technically they caused it. So, so we have to give them kudos for that. Sort of. Technically, they hit a home run. <laughs> Meh. Oh. Sorry, I'm sure that reference went over a lot of your, your nerds' heads. <laughs> like the one sitting next to me. You and these sports references. <laughs> I guess you kind of have to say the de facto good for this year was the layout was better than last year. So the crowds didn't get as congested. It's also because they were using a different part of the convention center. Which was wider. And so it gave people actually room to move. And the main hallway outside the convention was. Uh, hall was very wide. And right. so once again, more people had room to move. Right. Um, on top of that, that they had the panels. The majority of the panels were upstairs. They actually had a third level that they could actually utilize yep. this year, which was which, awesome. Part of the issue last year was that even when they had panels going on to try to get people taken out of the main flow of traffic, right. they were right off of the main hall. Yep. So anybody that was coming or going was all part of the same crowd. This year, because the panels were primarily upstairs mm -hmm. with a couple others spread around, the people that were going to those panels were physically taken out of the flow of traffic because yes. they were on an entirely different floor. Which so it awesome. actually helped a lot. Which was awesome. The layout for the actual exhibit hall was actually a lot better this year in terms of they actually had stuff sectioned off accordingly. Um, yeah, it, it was a little less chaotic right. uh, for trying to find stuff. Now, it did kind of suck that they put cosplay on the same level as the autographs. Which, in a way, they, they sort of did that last year, but Sort of not, not since right. technically it was more you had to pass through cosplay to get to, to get to the autographs. Right. But it also was a bit sucky that even though the cosplay had more room, it was still kind of in a corner. Yeah. So if you wanted to be able to get there, it you had to be intentional about it. There right. was no oh I stumbled upon it. Right. Um, so, but I did like the fact that those were down off of the main exhibit hall floor. Yeah, it, it gave a little bit more space for everybody. Right, because the main exhibit hall floor this year was your vendors, um, your artists, your artists, um, your vendors, your artist alley, uh, which was off in its own section of the exhibit hall floor too. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. The main theater, which we'll also talk about in a second. Um, the tattoo zone. Which, they, they, which we'll also talk about in a second. They act, okay, so compared to the like one tattoo booth I think they had last year, maybe two. No, they had like they had a couple last year. They they actually gave that whole section a proper space this year, and it wasn't just kind of in the back where even the vendors that were literally right next door right. didn't know that they were uh, there was a tattoo booth there. Right. So they just kept uh, saying. Honestly, we, we had this with multiple vendors last year tell us that, wait, there's a tattoo booth right over there? 
That's what that buzzing sound was. That's I what thought, I was gonna I say. I thought the lights were busted. The only reason we even so. the only reason we even knew about it is because we were walking around. And I was like, "What the hell is that buzzing sound?" Yeah. And we just rounded a corner. and I was like, "Oh shit, they're doing tattoos over here." Yeah. Whereas this year, it was actually well like advertised. They had a giant ceiling hang that said "tattoos." That was a tattoo zone. Yeah. Which they had for cosplay. And each of the tattoo booths, right. Not only were given enough space so that you could see it as you were coming up to it, but they were given enough room for signage. Right. So you you could see not only it was tattoos, but which company each tattoo artist was with, and who the tattoo artist was, yep. and uh, there was even room for a couple of them to be able to have like full stand up easels yep. to show off their uh, some of their sketches, which is cool. Which, yeah, which was really nice because that was even more helpful than just having their full sketchbook out. Right. So it, it was. I mean, yeah, the sketchbooks were great, but that the easels even served as a uh, another form of advertising to say, hey, this is going to be something that you can see from like down the hall yeah. rather than you have to be up against the table. So it, it they were better thinking that part through this yes. year, which was fantastic. Very much so. so. And honestly, since there were enough people that have been waiting for tattoo artists to be able to be given more opportunity at this convention here like last year was enough of a surprise uh, for the people that were hoping for it to happen uh th this was a big step forward for them Did, should we tell them why we're spending so much time talking about tattoo artists well if you didn't already see the video <laughs> or the instagram posts or uh, facebook posts, posts or anything mike is it gonna pick it up Ugh. mike got his first tattoo he's no longer a tattoo virgin Good job. I'm gonna need you to rephrase that. <laughs> you, you popped your tattoo cherry? I'm really gonna need you to rephrase that <laughs> shit. Um, yes, I would like to thank my terrible, terrible, terrible partner in crime here. Um, I didn't convince him to do it. I simply agreed with him and got video. Yeah, number one, that's bullshit because I never agreed to the video. Uh, hey, 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 you agreed when you became part of this. Okay, when are you gonna get your tattoo? Is coming. I feel like I've been hearing that shit for 30 years. So I have to thank Brad for this. I also have to thank our friend Kyla, um, who took advantage of the fact that when <laughs> Brad let it be known that. Thank you, Kyla. Yes, Brad let it be known that once I'm nudged with peer pressure, I'll do damn near anything. So not, not near. You you will do anything. Shut up. We, we, we've tested this theory before. Have we? <laughs> High school. Uh, high school was the big uh, sorry, testing I, ground for that. I don't remember so much of high school. <laughs> I've drank a lot since then. Well, you drank a lot then too, so, but <clears throat> shh, shh. Family friendly, family friendly. Uh, really? Well, yeah, so what like, else? I got a tattoo, that was a thing. Um, but I think that kind of falls into the social aspect yeah. that you were talking about. Yeah, because I mean, we, we had a great time uh, interacting with the other people at the tattoo booth. So, uh, yeah. Mike, you got a chance to talk to not only uh, the tattoo artist for a little bit, uh, and I talked to the guy, I talked girlfriend, but the uh, the girl that was actually in the booth next, next to, to you, you getting her uh, next tattoo. Because I'm going to do her next, my next tattoo is going to be one that she already had. Her previous actually, tattoo, which, which was, was actually awesome. Such a kick ass, uh, like half and half Winter Soldier uh, Star. Captain America. Yeah. Uh, which was 
Oh my gosh. I saw that and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do that one next. So that was cool. That was um, cool. I also talked to the guy that was doing her tattoo because I was wearing my AJ Styles shirt because it was WrestleMania Sunday. Yep. And we literally just went down the entire card of WrestleMania as I was sitting there filling out the paperwork. Which, I mean, it's cool to be able to talk to some of the other convention goers. It's uh, even cooler. Like, it was out of the blue, too. Like, yeah, I was just sitting there, he's like, the guys yeah. that are there setting up shop. I mean, like I was just, why not? I was right? standing there and he's like, so you think Nakamura styles? I was like, you follow wrestling? Okay, let's go. Okay, now that is uh, family friendly. Whatever. Good job. Not my problem. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. But we spent a lot of time down in the cosplay alley. Um, because that was also where they had the 501st was set up down there. There yeah. was a couple of other things that were set up down Astromech. there. Astromech.net. Astromech, uh, I keep forgetting their name. Uh, the, the Star Wars Mercenaries. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And of course the Rebel Legion. And there was that, that booth that had the... Um, the DeLorean. The DeLorean. Which I never got back to get my picture taken. Yep. Plus a couple other uh, booths that had like full props set up right. to uh, actually be used for the sake of photo ops. Like there was the uh, uh, dropship from Halo. Uh, you had... Um, the Batmobile. The Batmobile. The, the Nolan Batmobile. Yeah, the Tumblr. Uh, you had the speeder uh, bike from Return of the Jedi. Oh, you also had the uh, snow speeder. Yeah, snow speeder as well as the uh, the land speeder from um, New Hope. Oh, plus you had not one, but two back-to-back -back rows of themed backdrops that you right. could uh, use, use for, for just pictures. pictures and which is great because it, it had a full range of, you know, sci-fi that looked like was probably meant to be a Mass Effect knockoff to uh, some fantasy castles. So, so Mass Effect and, Andromeda, basically. Well, uh, you know, some so. fantasy castles, some post-apocalyptic stuff. Uh, I mean, just a lot of really fun things to be able to give you a bit more theme to your pictures than just convention. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, it, it worked out. So. Oh, and they also had the um, the Jeep from Jurassic Park. Yes, they did. Yep. Yes, they did. Yep. Um, they had laser tag. A, a small little setup, uh, a little uh, quick setup, which was fun. It, it, it had its uh, it had its place, yep. and it was at least nice that they were trying something different. Right. They had laser tag. They so. had tabletop setups. Um, they did, they really should have done the video game setup both days. They only did it Saturday, which was unfortunate because that was I was ready to that would have been oh very God, popular. I was ready to wreck some nerds and smash. that that would have been much more popular than what they ended up having. Yeah, um, yeah. Like if I'm not mistaken, I think all the video game stuff was Saturday, and they literally just cleared it out for yeah. Sunday, which was a shame. Yeah, because I wanted to go murder people. Although I will say that compared to the board game setup that they had downstairs, uh, that was the official for the convention. Uh, the board game setup that was uh, just off of the main hall yeah. uh, that Heroic Inner Kids had seemed to bit more popular. Yeah. Granted, they also had more uh, easy access. Right. But, I mean, in general, if you're going to be trying to go down to a uh, dark hallway uh, that has, you know, maybe a few rooms set up for board games in general, or you're going to be going to just uh, play board games to support a fantastic charity, um, a lot of people are, of course, going to be going for the, the, the better uh, charitable side. Yep. Sorry, nerds. Go hang out in the dark. Well, and that's the thing. Even the, uh, the even all the uh, the nerds of all varieties were taking advantage of the heroic inner kids. Because I mean, true. honestly, if, if you have not been introduced to them yet, 
uh, or they're uh, suddenly blanking on the name, but they have a new uh, partner program that is responsible for the uh, the gaming, while Heroic Hammer Kids does the um, cosplay, or it could have it reversed. I'll go back and double check my notes, but because um, no, I, I did interview them. Uh, no, he didn't. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where. They, they know what they're good at, they have their setup, and they did it well. So, so if anybody's going to be getting attention, it's going to be them compared right. to, you know, a half-assed attempt by the convention. So, and then Sorry. we also, uh, yeah, well, it was half-assed. It's true. It's true. Do you want to, do you want to go into that before we start talking about everybody that we hung out with? No, no, let's keep it positive. Let's Are keep it sure? positive. Yeah. I feel like we should end on a positive. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, and since you brought up the half-ass attempt anyway, so, yeah, I so, feel like that's a that's a natural transition. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we're going to go ahead and talk about... Segway! Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about the, uh, the negatives about this convention, but because we don't want to be those guys that just uh, start to go very negative about all the stuff we didn't like about the convention, we are going to try our best to frame any of the negative elements right. with how we believe it should have or could have been fixed. Not that anybody's gonna listen to us. And keep in mind, our suggestions are not just gonna be our opinions. They're gonna be what other more successful conventions have done well, that worked and continue to work that for whatever reason, Fan Expo has been ignoring. Right. And because we really appreciate what Fan Expo has to offer and what they're trying to do. We do? Uh, yeah, they, they, they are the biggest convention in the state of Texas and probably the southern US, maybe. maybe. I mean, Megacon Florida could be uh I was about to say, bigger. I think that'd be the, yeah. But still, uh, I mean, at least with our section of the southern US, and honestly, we want it to be good, and we've seen the elements where it showed promise in the past, and even now, so we, we know that they can, we just, we have a lot of hope that they'll listen to the fans eventually. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, we'll see. And our opinions are the only ones that matter, so. I mean, it is our podcast. Yeah, everybody else can go to hell. Was that out loud? The most obvious thing, like literally the most obvious to anybody that was there for even half a second. While the layout of the convention floor was better than last year. Better! Sorry. It was no. not good. No. Uh, ah! Number there one. Were, so number there were good aspects. Yes. So number one, the main aisle from end to end of the convention floor was more narrow than it has been in years past, oh. which meant if you were trying to get from one end of the floor to the <laughs> other, good luck. it was a lot harder. Number two, the main theater slash main stage. I think this is both of our biggest complaints. So they tried to, when you look at the floor plan, they tried to uh, make it seem like they're give it, they gave us more space this year because they the halls that they held for the convention are bigger than the, what they used last year. That is true. Word. However, they took about a quarter of F hall. Uh, and cut that off and made that into the main stage. And by, so, by cut it off, they had giant curtains up. It, you went in there, they had chairs. Yeah, that and was then, your stage. And then that was your next to it, there was another cordoned off section that I can only assume was meant for some kind of panels, but we never actually saw it used. So no. I'm not really sure what it was for. Yeah, it, there was there were chairs. There there was a seating area. There were tables, but don't know what was being used for. <laughs> 
was a whole shitload of floor space that wasn't being used. That's what it was. Yeah, and there was even uh, space behind it that wasn't being used. Don't know why, but it was. Like that was that was the thing that when you showed me the layout, it made no sense. No, and so like none, Le legitimately less than take, none. When you took the square footage of that area out of the overall, the convention hall actually had less square footage than it did last well, year the, or the previous year. The exhibit hall. The exhibit hall. Sorry, the exhibit hall had less square footage this year than right. it had in previous years, right. which was a problem. Also, with the con the main floor sharing space with the main stage right. and just being separated by curtains, anytime anything was happening on the main stage, you heard it echoing oh, throughout the yes. entire floor. So it just contributed to the noise pollution, which was really difficult to begin with because I mean, any of these conventions, it's already a loud place. You start throwing that in yeah. with these speakers and the crowds cheering and yelling and- Which there was a lot of. Especially for Goldblum's uh, panel. That's right, because his, one was, his was 11 Saturday morning. Yeah, that one was loud. And we were down because they were right next to, the main theater was right next to Cosplay Alley. Yeah. No, the main theater was uh, right, I'm sorry, the vendors. Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, um, I mean, it just, it got so loud but that we were, it was, we were over it there was when, difficult We were over there it. when, like we were right next yeah. to it when his panel started. And it was right next to, uh, to Artist Alley. That's which, what it was, it was next yeah, to Artist Alley. Which, That's what it was. of course, all the artists really appreciated. Yeah, because we were over there talking to, um, we're talking to Jake. And that just, you could, yeah. and he was at the, uh, the far end of Artist right. Alley and you could hear it all the way down there. And uh, just for context, if you were not at the convention, the far end of Artist Alley was a good distance, about three quarters yeah. towards the opposite side of the convention yep. floor from where the exhibit main stage floor. was. Eh, exhibit floor, convention floor, same difference. Yeah, honestly. I guess, yeah. So yeah, it I was. I just feel like correcting you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have thought it was better. In all honesty, um, you're probably going to agree with me because I'm always right. Um, you should have put Cosplay Alley up where the main theater was. Get them away from where the signings were and everything like that. Like that bottom floor should have literally only been for signings and for a photo ops. Because that created a lot of yeah. congestion trying to get in and out of Cosplay Alley and trying to get to all the stuff that was going on down there with the overflow from the signings. Now granted, they had the smaller people, the people that they figured would have the smaller lines facing Cosplay Alley, just to kind of give you guys an idea. Autographs were on this side, one set was on this side going towards the wall, one set was on this side going towards Cosplay Alley. Um, so they put the names on this side that they figured would have the smaller- The voice actors. Right. Uh, that they figured would have the smaller, I guess, spillover into Cosplay Alley. And they actually gave a pretty wide space in between. Right. So which it was, did help. Which was nice, but like it helped. In all honesty, man, you almost could have even flipped those. Put the theater down there, put Cosplay Alley up here. So like now you just have the Q&As and you have the autographs and the photo ops down here. And then you have yeah. your exhibit hall stuff. So like your vendors, your cosplayers, all of that up here. Sure. That would have been a much better layout. And at least that section had the option to be physically cordoned off by walls. Right. And so it could have been better insulating for sound. Right. See, I told you. Sorry. I told you you would agree with um, me. Because I'm always right. Meh. But the... <sighs> yeah, I think it would have been a better idea. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> if, um, if they had flipped them, like if you'd have done all of the guests, well, like all of the stuff with the 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 guests in one section, and then all of the vendor honestly, artists, it other stuff in the other. Honestly, it would have been better overall though if they had just grabbed Sea Hall and used that for uh, the the main stage. Stage, yeah. Because and they, then I guess just sectioned the, it off. Yeah, 
Okay. Because, yeah. I mean, frankly, using any element of what they used for the main exhibit floor this year as part of that whole thing was always going to be a problem. Right. So you just, it shouldn't have been done in the first place. Uh, I mean, last year it was difficult when the main stage was set uh, over in the ballrooms just past uh, A Hall. Yeah. Um, it was better when the main stage was the arena, but clearly that's so much space they aren't going to yeah. pay for that if they don't have to. Because, dude, it's I think like that's true. That year that they did that, dude, I don't even think they filled it up halfway. No, I mean it's unfortunate, but I mean it had the space. Yeah, like why so not if, And if they it, had yeah. used it better, it could have uh, filled it up no, easier, I mean, but, you know, they probably could have afforded it and not paying Affleck. We'll, we'll not get into that one. Uh, <laughs> I still, like, like, I still can't believe. We're, we're, that that, num that we're, number's we're, right, right? Like, yeah, we know no, for a fact it, that that number's it right. It is, and we're, we're not gonna t discuss that publicly. But, like, that's fucking insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no, it is. Especially for what they got out of him. Oh, yeah. So, the gist is... I just, I wanted to yell, you was the bomb in Phantoms. <laughs> like literally 50 other people did. Damn it! <laughs> Sorry. So yeah. Like when I was saying that to people, they were just giving me this blank look of like, what are you talking about? No, it was, it was a popular thing. Uh, if, if I would have paid for his autograph, I would have gotten him to write, I was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Oh, I know. I know you would have. He probably would have been so, like, get your shit and get away the, from me. The overall uh, issue here was that well, that's a great segue into our next well, beef. Originally, we were supposed to have had a, a reunion panel for uh, Back to the Future. The greatest time travel trilogy of all time. Well, are there any other time That is trilogies? not the damn point. Uh, not the point. Fine, I'll say it. One of the greatest trilogies of all time. Yes. 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 Better than the prequel trilogy. Even the third. Yes, better than the prequel trilogy. Better than the Hobbit trilogy. Well, that's easy to do. Yeah. You know what? It was just as good as the original Star Wars trilogy. Fight me. Oh, I should, fight me. What the the, the overall <laughs> issue was that the reunion panel was yeah. supposed to happen. Uh, Michael J. Fox had to cancel last second, right. and so they were able to pull in Ben Affleck. That was initially a great idea, but then, uh, aside from having to pay an exorbitant amount to get him there in the first place, he... Which we know the number, but we won't say. No, it's not our place to say. But, but holy shit. He showed up, <laughs> he signed autographs, he did photo ops, he canceled his Q&A panel, which in turn caused Jason Momoa to cancel his because they were supposed to be doing it together. And as far as far as we understand. As far as we as understand. As far as we understand. If somebody knows something else and yeah, we're wrong. Please tell us in the comments, but that that's- But as far as we understand. Been able to piece together. Uh, is that Affleck was in fact supposed to do a Q&A with Momoa because Momoa's was supposed to be Saturday night. And then- And Saturday was the only day that Affleck came in for. And then Affleck uh, canceled uh, that. And so that became just a really expensive opportunity to come sign pictures, get photos and uh, make money for like very little effort, which is unfortunate because if anybody would have had 
potentially interesting behind the scenes stories to provide is someone like Affleck. Dude, I would have asked him so many questions about like what made him want to get behind the director's chair, what directors he pulled from. Cause Kevin Smith talks about it all the time. Yeah. I like, mean, Kevin Smith talks about it when they were doing movies together. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, I always knew Ben had an eye for that shit. And I mean, especially when he, you have someone like Affleck who doesn't do conventions. Like he doesn't do conventions. He showed up to San Diego. Doesn't get along with the press. He showed up to San Diego and he did the, uh, the big, uh, panel for that and then but would never stick around like, like autographs bye Felicia yeah he, he, that's not what he does no. he, which is respectable but well, the opportunity also... for, uh, to have had a chance to have done a Q&A with him uh, would have been really special for everybody that was attending the convention right the fact that it got canceled and was so last minute felt very disingenuous honestly it, it felt very much like we as the fans were getting something taken away from us that we had really hoped for. Right. So now people are going to still sit there and say like they still did the Back to the Future panel Friday night, which is fine. You but know, it wasn't the same. Yeah, without Michael J. Fox, no. I, and it's nothing against the other actors that were there. No. Uh, from the stuff that I've seen posted on social media, uh, from that. It looked like it was a fun panel. Yeah. Honestly, it did look like it was still fun. It just, it was missing that last little bit that Michael could have added that would have completed the wow factor. Mm -hmm. That's it. It is absolutely nothing against any of the other actors. We love and appreciate every one of them. Um, it's just unfortunate yeah. that uh, Michael had the, uh, the scheduling issues that he did. Well, but well, hopefully, hopefully it was just scheduling either way though. It's, you know, it happens. It's a thing we, uh, we can appreciate the, uh, that he tried in the first place and that the others did. So it's okay. Affleck was definitely disappointing, uh, there. And that does lead into the other element, which was normally these things have a lot of names that uh, you can come and see a lot of autographs you can get uh, a lot of variety or of names. not get because they capped somebody's line before you could get back over and Mike missed out on getting uh, Paige O'Hara's autograph for those of you who are not massive Disney fans like we are that is the voice of Belle from Beauty and the Beast once again another person that really doesn't do conventions and he missed out by this much what, what, what was it this much? I'm gonna stab you. <laughs> and you're gonna leave that in to show how mad I am. But there is hope because Brad and I will be going to Salt Lake City in September. No. Yes. You, you'll be going. No. You'll you're coming going. with me, damn it. You, you'll be going. Because her and Robbie Benson are gonna be there, so I can get the autograph of Belle and the Beast. You're going. So yeah, we had, but like he was talking yeah, about, we, we, yeah. we normally have a lot more guests that show up well, to this. I don't want to interrupt, but the, no. the guests were different this year. They were yeah. going for something. So they had Paige O'Hara. They had, um, you're going to have to help me, uh, Jasmine and, um, Ariel, the voices for Jasmine and Ariel. Crap. Ugh, I'm blanking. I'll do it. I'm blanking. But yeah, no, you, I mean, you were the one that pointed out that uh, it did seem like there were fewer names uh, for the guests that were there, as well as the... Um, Linda Larkin was Jasmine, and then who was... 
but yeah, we had, uh, there were also fewer variety of names. Like normally you have names from all across the spectrum of fandom. Jody Benson. There you go. There you go. Um, so all three of them were there. Yeah. Which apparently, because Paige O'Hara talked about it in her, at her Q&A. So, um, but so Paige O'Hara talked about it that like, because you're kind of part of the Disney fraternity or sorority or whatever. The, whatever sorority. They're women. That's they're, true. They're that's, women. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, that like they all kind of run in the same circle and they've all become very good friends. Yeah. Um, so it kind of naturally happened that all three of them kind of were like, oh yeah, let's go ahead and do it together. Like Linda Larkin was in uh, Paige O'Hara's Q&A, like just in the back hanging out and she brought her up on stage and they talked about the fact that like they've known each other for years and blah, 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 blah. So like they very much were going for a different demographic, I guess, bringing them in. Um, but like you had, you had um, Chris Sabat, but like you said, it was there's normally enough variety of right. fandoms represented by the guests that there's always something that people are uh, interested in checking out. Uh, always somebody that uh, they want to talk to, and more importantly, uh, plenty of them are usually willing to give Q and A panels. Mm -hmm. So you have a variety of types of panels that people can attend. Right. However, that was also something else because they went for different types of guests this year. Right. Fewer of them seemed like they were up for Q&A panels, so there were just fewer Q&A panels. Like, I know, I know Chuck Norris did his, but like, his was the first one on Sunday morning. Yeah. That was another thing that felt off, was the timing of the panels felt off. Yeah. It, like, Charlie Cox from Daredevil was at 11 a.m. on Saturday. No, I'm sorry, he was at noon. Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum was at 11 a.m. Saturday morning. Yeah, normally the, the big names, the, the popular names, are uh, given prime spots. Right. They weren't this year. Oh, at least not well, necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was just very weird. weird. Overall, it felt very weird. And I don't know. Like, say, we, weird, we don't, say weird one more time. Weird. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just really got to hammer that point home. Sorry. Yeah. We honestly don't know if this is just because they were intentionally trying to do more pop culture-y guests. So kind, kind of cast the bigger net thing. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so that they were getting guests that don't really do those type of Q&A setups, right. which if that's what they're doing, okay, that's cool. that, that's understandable, right. but a good chunk of the appeal of these conventions is the chance to be able to go to these Q&A panels and right. be able to get the behind the scenes stories. And Oh, we don't, we've, uh, they had half the kids from Stranger Things there. Yeah. They had Gant Gatton Monterazzo and then um, a couple of the others there. Yeah. Which that would have been a cool one to go to, but I mean, if, if you're going to get half of them, like go for all of them. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that you are just left feeling kind of empty. Uh, like, it, it's it's nice to see, it's it's cool, it was, but it, yeah. it, it leaves you feel uh, feeling it, like something's missing. It, yeah, like that's a really good way to put it, is it very much felt like, I remember looking at the schedule when we got there Friday, because we just kind of did a quick little walk through Friday to kind of get an idea of the layout, see where everything was, and then Saturday we were really going to kind of hit it hard. And I remember looking at the schedule for Saturday and not being blown away by anything. No. In terms of panels and, well, Paige O'Hara is at two o'clock. Um, yeah, 2 p.m. Saturday. Yes, I remember. Of course you do. Yeah, D102. Um, shut up. Like, I specifically remember that one because that was the first one that I looked for. I was like, she's she leaves Saturday, when's her panel? Yeah. Um, they didn't even, actually, now that I think about it, like, they didn't even have a printable schedule for Sunday. They didn't even have no, a printable they, schedule. No, uh, so they had printable uh, schedules that you could pick up yeah. for Friday and Saturday, and then they 
either ran out for Sunday or just didn't print enough. So uh, you either had to use the digital version or go and take a picture of one of the physical copies at the information desk. That's super weird. It was very weird. Like it, there, there was definitely- Say, say weird one more time. <laughs> no, uh, there, there were definitely- Weird. Certain elements of the convention that felt very un underbaked. Unorganized? It felt like some of the ideas were there. They were just kind of underbaked. Like they, they, like they need a bit more there. time uh, to mature and uh, come to fruition. Sure. Like, that's fair. For example, the um, gaming area with the tabletop games and the video games and all that, uh, even the laser tag, it was, was a great idea, but it felt like it Not great execution. Yeah, it felt like it needed just a little bit more time for people to think about it and right. really develop that idea into something more tangible. Right. Because as it was, it was left kind of lackluster because of it. Uh, just how meh it, yeah. it was allowed to become because right. the convention owners saw that it was something that needed to be there. They just didn't think it needed to be made prominent or invested in. Right. I don't get why, because it, it's it's a popular element at other conventions. Yeah. Just they didn't do it well here. And they've done it in the past. Yeah. They've done it well in the past. Yeah, like the first year that they had this convention at the Dallas Convention Center before Fan Expo bought it. Right. Uh, or I guess right after, before the name change. Um, yeah. The tabletop area was on the main floor out where everybody could see it, access and it. And you could literally like just come and go. Like I remember that first year, like people brought their magic decks and they were just walking in there, hopping on the tables and playing each other. Which is like, fine. That was it cool. was fun. That was awesome. It was great. That had a, that had a very- Same thing for Pokemon. Same thing for Pokemon. Pokemon, uh, the, the, I think there was maybe a couple games of Yu-Gi-Oh. That was when Yu-Gi-Oh kind of made its comeback a little bit. And I remember just, it had a very comic book store feel in terms of like just coming and going, playing at whatever pace. Like you could literally just walk up. Like I, I think I legit remember just standing there watching and some dude was like, dude, I've got a spare deck if you want to play. I was like, I'm, I've never played Magic, dude. He was yeah. like, oh, I, I can teach you. I was like, nah, I'm good. Well, like I appreciate it, it'd be cool, but like I'm not gonna just walk in here, get taught something and then get my ass handed to me. And that's the thing that these conventions were started by the comic book fans and they started off with a very comic book store feel right. to them. So the fact that this particular convention being as large as, as it has, right. has strayed so far from that feel without successfully heading in the other direction, which right. would be the San Diego and New York Comic-Con feels of embracing the pop culture in a way that allows more participation and uh, <sighs> enjoyment nope. of it. Uh, it's just kind of, once again, it's weird. Yeah. Because if you're gonna be going towards pop culture, but you're gonna make it more of a like a product rather than an experience and activity, right. then it just kind of feels bland. bland. Right. So, I mean, oh, and that was something else that you brought up about the, uh, the lack of comic book vendors. Yeah, I thought it was very, that word again. That was really weird. Do you see a theme going yes. on here? Like this year felt off. We were talking about this and like when we were coming up with our idea, our idea of what we wanted to talk about in this video, this is the first fan expo or fan days or whatever since we've started going and since we've really started covering it, I didn't buy a single trade or a single comic book. No. And I, think, I don't I remember- I think I saw maybe 
two prominent oh, comic book vendors. I remember and a couple two. that were like kind of hidden in a corner uh, that that weren't given like the no. wide wall display. And I remember last year, this comic book store was here. 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 Here were the trades. Here were the single issues. Trade, single issues, trade, single issues, trades. Like buy two, get one free. Buy one, get one half off. Just I like I remember spending at least yeah. an hour. Oh yeah. Like jumping back and forth, just finding stuff. Uh, I remember spending ourselves. ten. I remember spending twenty minutes because Aaron was trying to find one of the um, the collections for The Walking Dead. So we were literally just sifting through everybody's collections of Walking Dead trades, just trying to find them. Yeah, and I mean, if we're being totally honest with ourselves, it it could be easily explained away that the reason why we there weren't as many comic book vendors there, uh, or at least not as many prominent ones, was because to be able to get a booth at all right. was just exorbitantly expensive, expensive this year. Yeah. And to be able to get a large booth, <laughs> and like we, with the big wall displays, yes. those were so much more. Like the little booths were like, for like the little booths yeah. for like artists, those were going for like, uh, like, 10 or like 20-ish thousand. If you want one of like the really big ones for uh, the, like the wall displays, let's just that's say that's going into a budget that most comic book stores are not going to easily afford. Let's just say I mean, that um, the company that I work for, one of the bigger booths at the convention, I personally knew the person that set up the layout for the booth and had to pay for it. When this person told me the number that it was, I looked this person in the eye and said, are you serious? Yeah. Well, something that uh, you had said that uh, was brought up in that conversation was that they didn't see the booth as a way to make money. It was just a way to have really great advertising because well, they, they, they were anticipating making back how much it cost to be there. They specifically, they specifically said that they brought stuff in that we as a company weren't moving a great deal of, but on top of that, that it was all items geared towards the guests specifically that were there that weekend. Yeah. And if you're Which gonna be- Which isn't necessarily a good idea. It's not bad. I mean, if you're trying to recoup costs, uh, which are already gonna be difficult to be able to pay for in the first place. Especially with what they paid for it. But here's the problem, Jesus. Though. When you're looking at the, uh, the comic book stores and the smaller vendors, when you're trying to tailor your prices towards businesses that can afford to say, look, if I have to eat 10 grand uh, that I know I'm never gonna recoup simply because it works for great advertising for future business, yeah. you're not gonna be getting the small uh, vendors no. because they can't afford that. Your corner comic book store is not going to be able to afford to say, sure, I'm willing to drop uh, several thousand dollars that I never intend to see back right. simply to get marketing out there. Well, because I, unfortunately, while some of the big brands may be able to get great marketing out of it, if you're a comic book vendor, uh, your store doesn't necessarily get a lot of marketing because when there are multiple comic book vendors there, yeah. People don't usually pay attention to what store are you representing. They just pay attention to, did they find a good comic book at your booth and they forget the name that was right. attached. And so you can't really say that it's a great marketing opportunity right. because for them, it's not. They need to be able to make their money back. And if you make, if you outprice them from being able to come, yeah. They can't. They, they, there's no way to make up for that. Well, like, and we, like, not to make ourselves sound bigger than we are. No. But, like, we personally knew a couple of the people on Artist Alley and a couple of the people that had booths, and they were talking about how much they spent without going into too much detail. Yeah. And they talked about the fact that, like, it's 
starting to trend towards the absolutely ridiculous in terms of how much they're being charged. Well, like, I have a couple of artist friends from out of state that I've met through these conventions. Right. I actually met at this convention several years ago. And both of them haven't been back to this convention in several years because they're coming from up north. So they already have travel expenses. They already have the expense of being able to get their merchandise down here. And then to be able to uh, also afford the cost of the booth as well as anything else that they would need while they're in town, it makes it way less attractive than it would be to say, go down to San Antonio or uh, go to Miami and go for you know a small to medium-sized convention there that yeah the travel expenses are the same but it costs less to get in mm -hmm. so they can make the money back yep. um, I think that's enough for the negative right yeah so to be able to go more into the things that we think should be done to no. fix these issues that we've seen work properly at other conventions. I mean, the obvious one, and we even touched on it a couple times uh, just now, yeah. was activities. Yeah, give, a, you, give if, a shit to do. Yeah, if you're going to turn your convention into just one massive product that people have to spend money on, yeah. at least give them activities to distract themselves while they're there. Like San Diego. Like getting tattoos, ha 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 ha. <laughs> San Diego uh, is the best example of this, where they have the convention, they have the exhibit floor, but then they have a gaming section to be able to uh, check out game demos. Mm -hmm. They have uh, stuff outside of the convention center where you have like obstacle courses, right. you have like laser tag arenas, you have just all Dude, these I'll different right things now, man, like... that you can do and participate in so that even if you're gonna be dropping several hundred or several thousand dollars mm -hmm. that weekend you're not gonna feel too bad about it because you got to do some really cool stuff so it's easy to ignore the fact that oh I accidentally dropped two thousand dollars on merchandise yeah oops I didn't mean to do that but hey I got to play some really cool games I got to uh, do some awesome uh, laser tag and this this and this event that was going on during the convention were exclusive things that I know nobody else that didn't go to the convention we're going to experience and they won't get to experience it next year because they're going to do something different yeah so if you don't have that people only can focus on how much did i spend so fan expo dallas you need activities you need fun you need stuff to do they're never going to see this somebody could yeah, yeah maybe nobody high up but somebody that's fair you need stuff to do dude i would almost be okay with them like the laser tag was a cool idea like why not just empty out all of sea hall and make sea hall like a big laser tag yeah. zombie apocalypse survival they thing. turned it uh laser tag was in a tiny corner room that you had literally just enough space for a couple of barriers and the the main base yeah. and that's it which once again great idea not great not execution. execution so yeah a bigger space for more stuff would have been great yeah hell if they wanted to use sea hall exclusively for activities so like a quarter of sea hall would be laser tag a quarter of sea hall would be um some obstacle courses if you don't want to go for like something ninja warrior uh which would have been great because there are plenty of companies that are uh, buying into that right now. Right. Contact a few of the local rock climbing gyms because they always have some kind of portable uh, setups that they can take to these things and 
uh, set up some kind of obstacle course for that. No. I mean, it's not hard. What else? Uh, we did talk about uh, how cos uh, the cosplay area needed its own section that wasn't just being shoved in a corner. Right. It needed more space to be able to indulge in that right. because it wasn't just that it was cosplayers and people in cosplay that wanted to be able to show off their costumes uh, as convention goers. Uh, there's so much more that could be done with that. Once again, going back, I, I, I hate to be the guy that says, well, you know, it used to be so much better, but the first year that they had it at this convention center, right next to, mm -hmm. I think it was right next to the cosplay area, um, they had uh, an entire section devoted to special effects makeup, yeah. where they had lessons and tutorials, and there were special effects makeup vendors that were doing stuff to the convention goers, where uh, whether it was like putting like a, a really gnarly zombie bite on their neck, yeah. or uh, you know doing some other kind of weird prosthetics that people could stand around and watch be done, stuff like that that would easily play into the cosplay element you'd be able to get more artists in there and once again it involves participation from the audience it's easy so if you gave cosplay uh the cosplayers more space you could bring that type of stuff back in so right. that it would not just be show off the costumes it would be learn how to make the costumes yeah. it would be learn how to do the makeup learn how to do the prosthetics whose panel did we make turning thank you we went to make turning's panel last year dude and, and like, there were a couple others last year yeah. uh, too which was great but there needs to be more. I mean, there's a massive cosplay community in Dallas that yes. needs to be catered to because they spend a lot of money. They they, they spend an absurd amount of money. There, there needs to be more attention given to them regardless of your opinion on cosplay because there's enough audience for it that it would benefit the convention overall. It, it's may sound like some of these are big things, but honestly, they're, they're small adjustments that would make a massive difference. Yep. You know, a couple different vendors of this type or this type, bring in some uh, vendors that are willing to set up an activity like this, or bring just lean in more uh, into this community or this fandom, which automatically brings activities along with it. It's little adjustments that will make a big difference. And I know some of these things that we have issues with this year were there specifically because the convention owners were trying to save money. Because let's be honest, Dallas Convention Center is an expensive venue. It just is. But if you bring in more vendors that can bring more money with them and bring more word of mouth advertising that will bring more people next year you'll make the money back easy you'll keep your profits it really doesn't take much to make these improvements and we would love to see it because the stuff that we did enjoy about the convention was great yeah honestly i had fun i really did i was worn the hell out at the end of the weekend it didn't help that it was also wrestlemania weekend so went home saturday and watched or i went to my buddy andy's and watched nxt yeah. and then went to their place again Sunday and watch WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a great time. We, we, got to, we got to meet some great people, have some great conversations, have a couple of uh, really fun photo shoots with Charlotte, uh, which the pictures will be coming soon for that. I still hate you for that. You'll find out why. I still hate you. We, we have behind the scenes video from that too. And, uh, oh, that was fun. God, I hate you. Like, so much. Um, anyway, we um, did an interview with her though at the end of the weekend. That was fun. yeah. So we we got to, actually we got to spend quite a bit of time with her. Uh, too much damn time. 
a child. Don't don't don't, don't, don't listen to him, Charlotte. You're awesome. <laughs> uh, eh. <laughs> um, we we got a, a chance to really hang out uh, quite a bit with Marla and D. I don't um, think they I don't think they know them by name. M cubed and D rich. They were um, fun. Hanging out with Marlon D was awesome. If you've been following us for even a little bit, you've probably seen Marla's interview. Uh, D, her interview's coming soon. We got to interview her. She finally. was she was a lot of fun. Uh, and honestly, if you have a chance to be able to meet either one of them at uh, the conventions, do it. Uh, they, they are just so much fun and very enthusiastic about literally everything uh, that they're involved in. So you're, you're never going to have a boring conversation. It's just no. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot of fun. A lot of excitement. And then uh, we got a chance to be able to meet Mike Burns. Uh, that was cool. Also known as one of the best damn Superman uh, <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, that was uh, that was a fun interview to do. That was a really fun interview. He was uh, fun he's, to talk he's to cool. and hang out with. He's cool. Um, um, we got to hang out with the guys from Roxas Studios. Shane, Shane's just a, I think a really... You, you, that was me meeting Shane for the first time. Yeah, I, yeah, I've met Shane before. So, if you haven't seen Roxas Studios work, they're really talented. Shane, uh, he's He's a fantastic photographer. I mean, just really cool stuff. So, but then like all the other people that uh, were part of their group, Heather, uh, the cosplayers, Heather, some of you might know her as uh, Heather Novocaine. Shout out to her, she's um, awesome. She was fun. Oh uh, yeah, no, she she was the one that was like, like I'm gonna get a tattoo. You have to come back here and show us as soon as you're done. Like, I'm well, actually really, cl I'm really glad we met Heather because she was just so fun, you know. Uh, who, el uh, who else did we have a chance to? Uh, uh, Dalen? Yeah, Damon, right? Damon. Okay, yeah. So uh, that was awesome. Arthur Jesus, Curry. That was one of the best things ever. And then not not Aquaman, Arthur, Arthur Curry. Curry. You guys will understand when you see the video. Like that was one of the best damn things ever. And then uh, and then it just like we, so that was Saturday, and then Sunday he came in as Old Man, Man Logan, Logan, which was great. And we got some pictures with that. That was cool. He was cool. But, like that was the funniest thing. Like we were just talking to him, and I was like, "Yeah, we we're talking to Mario." He's like, "Oh, you guys know Marlon D." We're like, also, what? by the way, <laughs> awesome photographer. Yes. If, if you have a chance to look up his work, especially uh, some of his pyrotechnics. Yeah. So cool. That was a lot of, yeah. Literally bumped into him and started talking and then it's like, oh, we have mutual friends. Okay, that's cool. Then we got to talk to Jake. Yeah. Uh, throwing so back to Jake Goodman, uh, Tartars, uh, the Tartars comic book. From the North um, Texas comic book show. Really fun. Had a little bit of uh, a hiccup with the uh, the official release of yeah. his book, but it's coming. And as soon as, still, as soon as uh, his first uh, book can get everything done for publication, uh, we'll be talking right. with him some more. And yeah, we got to. He had the print. Yeah. So we got to at least see the print for the first issue and read a little bit of the first issue, which was pretty cool. Oh my gosh. Like uh, his, use of, awesome. his use of yeah. colors is just so, I mean, it, it feels like the best parts of the 90s, yeah. honestly. Got to see um, Erica from Scarlet Muse yes, again. There you go. And uh, her mother, daughter, uh, daughter Bulma, that was, was so fun. That was pretty damn I funny. mean, her, her Saiyan armor was so awesome. Yeah. But I mean, to be able to see uh, to, to see them yeah. going around, that that was that was cool. That was pretty awesome. So it was a good, no, it was yeah. a good. Yeah, we, we had a great time. And anybody else. We're tired. Anybody we else that time. we have for any reason accidentally forgotten to mention you, uh, we will be sure to bring you up in other videos because seriously, you guys are great. Or just comment about how we suck because we forgot to mention you. And, and then we can just tag you in the video and then it'll be all be good. Yeah, it'll be good. Roar, right, right. Yeah. 
word. So with that, I think, think that's that, a good. That pretty much covers everything. Point, so um, until next time, this is Brad Mike from Dallas Geek saying, see ya.